Cut Collar Hour. Great to have you with us from Nashville, the Holiday and West End Vanderbilt. Alongside Andrew Allegretta, I'm Kevin Ingram. Going to check in with Althea Thomas, the director of cross country and track and field in just a moment. Andrew, welcome. Uh, make it through the game. Everything uh, go well the other night? I mean, you were there too, Kev. Yeah, yeah, but you know, <laughs> I was down in the rain, and you guys. Sure. Were how out, was it you for know, you? Dry and you know. No, how was it for you? Eating shrimp, was it shrimp cocktail and stuff up the there? The barbecue was good. Yeah, yeah, barbecue was. It was good. incredible. Yeah. Was it all right for you down there? Yeah, I mean, was, seriously, with the construction, the, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, it, mechanically, it was, fun. It, was pretty, like, it felt like you know we were in like a fenced-in backyard with the uh, the walls on the you know behind the goalpost. I, I thought it was cool. Yeah. It, it was a, it was definitely a different vibe and feel to the stadium than than before, but. I, hey, I don't know. We're spending a lot of money to make things look good. We'll yeah. we'll we'll breathe through some dirt. It's 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 fine. Yes, it is good. And yes, it the is. Fans who were there seem to have a good time too. So, Althea, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Great to have you with us. Uh, I, I know cross country gets started this week, so your season's about to really ramp up, right? Yes, it is. We're starting this Friday, and we're pretty excited to. The- get out of the monotony of training. Yeah, the, the student athletes are probably happy to get out of the monotony of training too, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Absolutely. Tell me about your squad for cross country. Um, this year in cross country, we added a lot of uh, quality individuals in both incoming freshmen and in transfers. And so we're working with a team where we can really develop. We can really, um, you know, just make sure we're setting ourselves up for this year and for the years to come. Um, so it, we're pretty excited about it. We were talking before we went on that the course for Percy Warner, you're, you're saying it's, it's pretty flat, right? Yes, yes. Now, we don't run the cross-country course by the stairs. Yeah. Now, by the stairs, there, there's a lot of hills, <laughs> and we do train over there. But where we run off of um, West End at the, as it extends, it's pretty flat. It's great terrain, um, low grass, so it's a, a fast, almost how you would think of in football. Sure. You don't want the grass too high. You want it low so you can be kind of speedy. I thought it was really cool. You had three athletes with connections to Vanderbilt make it to the world championships. Veronica Fraley, we're all familiar with. Joe Kovacs, Brooke Overholt. How special to have those three represent Vanderbilt on that kind of stage over in Budapest? Um, it is amazing. Track and field is an international sport. Um, it kind of transcends, you know, including in the NCAA, you have so many individuals from different countries. And so whenever you get to represent your university, um, over in Budapest and you know everyone says it and they say it on the on the commentation on Peacock and they, yeah. you know oh they're from Vanderbilt and you know they won the SEC and she was an All-American it really helps the program it puts us in a position where our work speaks for itself and helps us to continue to attract um, recruits and let the fans see what we're actually doing. And Veronica's just had so much success, an All-American, an SEC champion. What what has made her so good at discus after arriving here? You know, Veronica has a very, very competitive mindset. And so when she came to Nashville, she had a made up in her mind that she wanted to be great. And so they made for a great formula for us to be able to dive into her. I think the uniqueness about our women's track program is that it's a women's track program and we're able to, we we often joke as coaches, we don't work less. We're just able to pour more into the individuals. And so just her ability to just really soak up all the the resources that we provide and all the coaching and being around, you know, great athletes like Joe and understanding what it takes to win, which is beyond talent. Um, it really helped her to really propel herself in her career. Another athlete wanted to talk about was Audrey Allman, her ability to qualify for the 2023 Pan American U-20 Championships. Uh, Tell us about her. Tell us about the qualification process and what she was able to accomplish. You know, me and Audrey had a conversation when we were at U-20s, and I told her she was an athlete that we never had to um, convince to run. She was always telling us that she could, even if there were some limitations. Um, You know, she's a, a person that, just like any other college student, battles, you know, the common sickness and, you know, she had some slight injury and when we would try to hold her back she would convince us no I can go I can go and that's actually how she made the team and so just for a freshman as herself to you know come in and adjust to all the things that we were doing and then really take that to the level of going to the U.S. trials and making the team and then going down to U-20s is just amazing and it's one of the reasons why we're excited about cross country when you see that kind of growth in a young individual and then it is definitely spreads exponentially amongst the team you know they they realize we can do this you know it's not exclusive to other places 
What's her event and what time did she qualify with? How close was it for her? So, and, um, to qualify for U20, she ran the 1500, which is a little short of a mile. Um, of course, in cross country, they all run the same distances of 5K or six kilometers. Um, and so it was a very competitive race and she actually got picked at, at large and just based on, you know, the characteristics that she showed, the coaches, they let us know before we left Oregon that we think we're going to call Audrey Allman back. We want her to represent the team. So, you know, I think more than her time, that really was a proud moment because those are the things that we you try to develop, those intangible characteristics that are eventually going to get you the success and opportunity which you got for, for Audrey. Uh, slightly, slight left-hand turn here, but mm -hmm. you, you've been here a couple of years. Yes. So we could have kind of the same conversation with you that we have with Clark about the growth of the program and all that kind of stuff. Uh, give me a sense from your perspective about the way that this program has been able to grow during your couple of years here at Vanderbilt, the things that perhaps you're, you're taking the most pride in, areas that you continue to push, all, all of that stuff. Get folks up to date on, on the state of your program. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Coach Lee because as I was at home and trying not to get wet, but watching the, um, the coverage and the rain delay, they showed an interview that he had. And, you know, it really just hit close to home. And I think, you know, all of us coaches feel this at Vanderbilt that we're just, we're not okay with the status quo that people like to say Vanderbilt should be okay with. And so the growth of our program has been where we're talking about those things and saying we're going to think outside the box and if no one believes in us we're going to believe in ourselves and that's just where we we have developed with the cross country and the track and field team we are very bold in setting goals and we get in our safe space with the with the team and the team room and we talk about these very bold goals and some of those goals we actually are talking about where we're saying we want conference champions we want to score in every discipline we want to raise our, our level at the NCAA championships, which we did. And we want to have people make international teams, which we did. And so those are bold goals. You know, when you're going to say that everybody that runs track and field in the NCAA, we're going to not only work as hard as them, but maybe even harder so that we can pass them. And so, you know, that's just been the mindset. It's just been a, a mindset shift that matches the hard work that they've already put in. What's the camaraderie among coaches here? Because mm. right, there's a handful of you that have sort of come in at the same time between you and, and Clark Lee and Shay Ralph. And then there's obviously the ones that are on staff with several national championships like John Williamson and Coach Corbin that have been here a little bit longer. Like how, how have you guys blended in with, with the older statesmen of the crew? You know, we, I definitely look at a lot of the coaches as big brothers and big sisters. Um, you know, Darren, he joked with me the other day how I would just mosey around his office my first two years just to catch his eye. <laughs> it was right across the hall. It was right, right across right. the hallway, and I would kind of walk down, and if, he, if I caught his eye, I was like, hey, I got a question. <laughs> you know, how do you deal with this? Can you help me with that? And so, you know, everybody here, we just really want to see Vanderbilt do well, and we fuel off each other you know during basketball season it was indoor track for us so every win that coach Stack got you know we're watching it on our phones and the track meet and they were like yeah they had the shot i'm like now go catch somebody on the relay <laughs> and so and I, and I joked even we were in california when the bowling team won and we were checking into the hotel because we had an early flight out of LAX so we went closer to the hotel and I just started doing bowling moves in the, <laughs> the lobby and the girls were like, Coach, stop. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we're national champions. <laughs> That's not how they do it, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're just very supportive and we just cheer each other on and we know that if it can happen for one of us, it can happen for all of us and we try to, you know, lend each other some, some advice um, and even some heads up if we feel like, you know, the, the athletes or this, this young students, they're kind of dealing with this right now. And so we try to lend each other advice on that and, and work through it. Before we let you go, what's near term for you? I know we talked about cross country getting started. What, what else is uh, on the menu for you coming up? So we start cross country this Friday and then the Tuesday after Labor Day, the rest of the track team will start official practice. And so we're going to be going full speed ahead and working hard in the fall, supporting the cross country team at their meets and then on during the weekday, developing our other events. 
Althea and I did one of my favorite food tours with, with the Doors <laughs> segments. We went up on top of the uh, Assembly Food Hall downtown, and, mm-hmm. and we rode in a, a very nice BMW down there, too. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Great to see you. Thanks for coming out and spending some time with us. Thank you. I always enjoy. All right. That's Althea Thomas, Vanderbilt's Director of Cross Country and Track and Field, joining us here on Commodore Hour. We're going to come back, talk a little about Vanderbilt's big uh, win on Saturday in football. We'll have Coach Clark Lee with us coming up in uh, less than 15 minutes. Don't go away. Commodore Hour on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from their field. Great game days start with a winning tailgate, the kind that includes a Ford F-150 truck. With available features like Pro Power Onboard, F-150 works like a mobile generator. So plug in your TV, your speakers, your blender, and fire up that grill. Because with Ford F-150, greatness starts here. Check out F-150 at your Tennessee Ford dealer. Proud sponsor of the Commodores. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Hey, Commodore fans, enjoy Schoolhouse Farms Gourmet farm-to-bag popcorn at the concession stands on game day. Our gourmet popcorn has been sustainably grown for over 20 years by a proud Vanderbilt graduate. Enjoy our popcorn on game day and at home by visiting our website to order at schoolhouse-farms.com. Schoolhouse Farms, the official popcorn supplier of Vanderbilt Athletics. At First Bank, we've always been Vandy fans. And now as the official bank of Vanderbilt Athletics, we're also teammates helping cheer on the doors together. This year, we're proud to add Commodore Pride to your wallet with our official Vanderbilt debit cards. Anchor down when you pay with new Vanderbilt debit cards from First Bank. When two historic Tennessee teams join together, you get even more ways to bank on the doors. Bank local, get more. First Bank, member FDIC. You're listening to the Commodore Hour. We'll be back after this local break on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. The Donut Den is proud to serve fresh-baked items in and around Nashville. Start your day with sunshine by visiting their location on Hillsborough Pike and enjoy some of their delicious items like donuts, pastries, muffins, croissant donuts, fritters, fresh-brewed coffee, and more. All items are baked fresh daily on-site. To start your day off with sunshine, make sure to visit the Donut Den at 3900 Hillsborough Pike or call 385-1021. That's 385-1021. The Donut Den, proud to serve Nashville. In a world without Mountain Dew, life would be pretty dull. Because when you crack open an ice-cold Mountain Dew, you enter a world where the ground rules of life are a little different. So grab yourself a Mountain Dew and get that incomparable blast of neon citrus flavor. Together with Mountain Dew, there's nothing you can't do and almost nothing you won't do to take things to the next level. Hey, the operating rule is pretty simple. If you're not having an outrageously good time, you're not drinking Dew. Mountain Dew. Do the Dew. visit with Althea Thomas. Appreciate her stopping by the director of cross country and track and field for Vanderbilt. As we mentioned, uh, cross country gets started on, on Friday and uh, Vanderbilt's really fortunate to have coaches of her caliber here. A lot of experience uh, places, Georgia, Clemson, Purdue, Kentucky, UAB, and then LSU is where she started her career where she was a two-time national champion uh, in outdoor track, outdoor team uh, events in 2000 and 2003. So it was really fun to catch up with Althea and she's doing a, a terrific job here. Yeah, she's fantastic. And they just added a new coach to their staff as well, John Newell, mm-hmm. uh, who comes in as an assistant throws coach. Uh, so whether it's cross country, track and field, whether it's through football or baseball, there's been a lot of fantastic uh, staff additions here at Vanderbilt over the past handful of uh, of years. Now, you look like you were probably a runner at some point. You, what what was you, your event? What, have you lost your mind? No. What are you, crazy? <laughs> it was very fit. I mean, what, 10K, half marathons? I, I, main, I, look, I, I go, state champion? Look, look, I go to the well on the same, like, two sports stories. But I was so slow growing up that I had a Little League baseball coach tell me that I was the only person he's ever seen turn a triple into a double. 
I turned a double into a single. That's a let's. You talk about crushing a child's spirit. <laughs> He's just right, right between the eyes. So yeah, it wasn't very good at athletics. Yeah, but at least you you got bat on the ball. I mean, I did. I did. Contact. I did. I did. If it leaves a yard, you don't have to worry about running. I didn't have the strength to make it leave the yard no. either. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, over at the yard next door, over at uh, First Bank Stadium. Fun opener, fun win, 35-28 over Hawaii on Saturday. I don't care what anybody wants to say about it, about the way the fourth quarter went. I know Hawaii made a nice comeback, and Vanderbilt made the plays that it took to get the job done and got the win, and that's the bottom line. And you, and you, you take the win, you're happy about it, and you go forward. You know, there's a couple of things that I think we, we talked about on the broadcast that were worth noting. Uh, first off, this is a vastly improved University of Hawaii team. That is an offense, the run and shoot, that is designed to stress you. Right, like it is designed to create problems for anybody, uh, and they did that against Vanderbilt. They've done that against a bunch of teams over the years. That's that's the staple of the way that Hawaii football is made over the past 20 years. Uh, this is the 16th season that Hawaii has run the run and shoot offense, and out of the previous 15, 12 times, they finished top five in the nation in passing yards. Right, so. And if it, if it became 13 out of 16, I wouldn't be surprised either. Right. Um, I, I, you know, there's, there's some of this where, in reality, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The, the, the metaphor that I can think of like, is if you have a recipe to make cookies and you keep 90% of the recipe the same and you change 10% of it, it's going to taste like a different cookie, right? Uh -huh. So if this team has so many wonderful pieces back, which they do, Will Shepard, A.J. Swan, Jada McGowan, the list goes on. You have still changed the chemistry of this team, and it's going to take a week or two uh, for them to have all of that flow together. It's just it's life on a team. It's life program building. So they were not perfect. I think Clark would say they were not perfect. I think he even in the pregame interview told me this is going to be the worst football game that they play all year. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of the reality of game one with a new team. Uh, but having said that, there was a lot of stuff within that game that I think should be cause for recognition, celebration, and encouragement. Uh, Dericky Wright's performance was obviously one that stands out. Like, he is an NFL-caliber defensive back with now five interceptions in his career, someone that has been so, through so much off the field as well uh, and deserves the recognition of getting back out there and, and maturing into a, a more formed, soon-to-be-fully-formed football player. So he has a huge interception in the end zone, which takes points off the board. He has the interception at the end of the ball game that wins the game for Vanderbilt. And then on the offensive side of the football, I love the way that they use Jada McGowan. Like, yes, he had the 97-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, which was great. Uh, but in addition, one of their missions this offseason was to find ways to get McGowan the football other than jet sweeps and wide receiver screens which was kind of his bread and butter a season ago. And they did that. He was downfield making a diving catch. He was downfield making a catch off of a slant. I think he had like six catches for 70 yards, something like that. They found ways to get hyper-athletic people the football in new ways. So certainly not perfect. No one's going to suggest that. When Clark comes over here, he's not going to suggest that either. But I, I, there's a lot within this football game that that is is cause for celebration, recognition, and and... and leaning into as significant strides within this program. I, I talked to Jaden McGowan after the game, and it, it was a lot of fun to talk to him about that kickoff return for a touchdown. And it's like, okay, what are you thinking? You get in the open field, and, and you know you got everybody beat, or there's one man to beat, and you're going to take it to the house. And he's like, that was about the most fun I've had as, as, a, as a college football player so far. And he, he said he felt like the whole thing was just going in slow motion, even though he was at full speed. I was going to say he was like 21, 22 miles per hour. I mean, yeah. that's, that is one of your – uh, truly fastest people that you could possibly put on the football field. And, and he found some space, and he hit the gas in a big-time way. And he was there, 97 yards, like his Coach Clark Lee used to do back in the day when he was on the return team. <laughs> not, not so much. <laughs> Coach Lee is with us. Uh, thanks for coming out and spending some time with us, as always. Uh, welcome in, and congratulations on the win. Off to a good start, 35-28 on Saturday. Yeah, we would have liked to have had it been a little cleaner, but um... – you know, we're going to learn from a win, and it's uh, a good place to be when expectations are that, you know, you win a, with a certain style or a certain personality, and that's not external expectations. That's, you know, internally. I mean, I met a team in the locker room that was disappointed, um, and we met today about it, and we were disappointed. So um, I think that's that's positive traction for us as a program, but we're happy to be 1-0 and, and still in line with our goals.
We were talking about Jade McGowan. Those are big plays that have, that turn football games, don't they? Because Hawaii felt like had some momentum. They scored a touchdown. They'd taken lead, and then he takes it to the house, and it just felt like it flipped everything at that point. Yeah, it's a it's a you know to to be a, a big play unit on special teams is the goal, and we haven't been able to do that in our first couple of years here. But um, we feel like we have some weapons that can get it done, and you know Jaden's one of them, and he's a special talent. We saw that last year in flashes. I thought his performance yesterday showed a level of focus and um, versatility that I think is really exciting. And, um, you know, that's just game one. I think it's, you know, obviously people are going to become aware of him. But, again, it comes down to having some, you know, multiple weapons. And uh, he certainly won and thought he had a great night. Well, we were just kind of talking about the fact that with Jaden, one of the goals was find, was finding more ways to get him the football in different spaces on the field during the offseason. Uh, it, it seemed from novice eyes that, again, he was downfield a little bit more, catching a slant, the over-the-shoulder catch. From the expert eyes, from Joey Lynch and from yourself, how were you able to find some traction about getting Jade in the football in more unique ways considering his skill set? Well, he, he lined up in the backfield, too, and, and yes. ran the ball. Um, and I thought in, in, every, in every facet he had um, positive impact. When he had the ball in his hands, he was, he was moving us forward. So... The catch on the sideline was spectacular. I thought, you know, that's a grab to me that shows um, improvement, you know, in comfort, confidence, catching the ball. Um, that was a big play for us. He uh, he had a big conversion for us, too, on a slant, like you said, or he, he was able to puncture through and get the first down. The run was in a, a situation where we were behind the chains. He got us back in, in rhythm. Um, and then, obviously, to get him the ball in the return game, too, you know, right? That's all, That's a part of it. So... It's going to continue to be finding creative ways, and um, you know that those are the problems that you that you like to have. How has how is the pairing of Will? I mean, it's one game, right? But how is the pairing of Will and Jaden, and perhaps the other uh, wide receivers that you're able to deploy? But what were you able to see with the way that Hawaii's defense would react to seeing those two guys on the field at the same time? Again, the evolution of talent on your on your football program now says that they've got to account for more than just one player. How did you see Hawaii's defense respond to feeling pressured by multiple high skill level players? Yeah, we, we were able to, to get the ball to Will in one-on-one situations where he had great leverage and one off the line of scrimmage. Um, and that's a testament to them having to defend the other, you know, four skill position players. That's, that's part of the plan. Um, obviously, you know, they're going to commit players to the run game, too. We've had success there. It, it was more of a perimeter game for us on Saturday, but um, I was impressed with our RPO game. I thought we did a good job with that. I think there's a couple more deep balls for us. Um, you know, I felt like we had one um, to Gamar and Carter that we, we just, you know, didn't quite finish the route uh, the right way. Quincy Skinner had one that was a back shoulder throw, but, you know, we, we have to you don't run the route to catch a back shoulder. You run the route to win vertically and let the ball bring you back. And, you know, I thought he's kind of slowed down on the route. And so we were out of sync on that. Um, you know, so th there's just going to be opportunities to stretch the field more vertically. Obviously we got the shot to London Humphreys on the fourth down where we got him to jump and, and, um, got the ball in the air. So, you know, some positive things there, but, uh, on the whole, I think, you know, we're starting to show the versatility that we want on offense where, Again, you can't just lock in on one person. And if it's, um, you know, it's moving Shep around, they got to find him. If it's, you know, having him on the field with Quincy and Jaden or Gamarion in London, you know, they have to make choices. And if the choices are to add coverage, that's when the run game needs to show up and, and do some damage. Visiting with Coach Clark Lee, just getting started with our conversation. Going to come back with more from Nashville after this on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from their field. Do you consider Vandyville your home away from home? See anchors in the clouds? Never wear orange and white together? If so, there's no better way to show your Commodore pride than with the Vanderbilt University Regents Visa Debit Card and prepaid Regents Now Card. As passionate as you are about Vandy, Regents is even more passionate about celebrating your every financial win and helping you plan for the next one. To order your card, visit regents.com slash anchor down. Regents, official bank of the SEC. Member FDIC. Terms, conditions, and fees apply. 
Hey, Commodore fans, the Holiday Inn West End Vanderbilt is your headquarters for week-long entertainment. Stop by the Commodore Grill and enjoy live music from some of Nashville's best songwriters from 6 to 10 p.m., seven nights a week. Grab a cup of Bongo Java from our coffee bar, Brew, to start your morning. Brew is in the main lobby. The Holiday Inn West End Vanderbilt, just walking distance from the stadium. The game starts here. We'll be back after this local break on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. Hi, this is head coach Clark Lee. Ascend Federal Credit Union is a proud sponsor and exclusive credit union of Vanderbilt Athletics. Visit Ascend's branch just off the Vanderbilt campus at 1901 Charlotte Avenue or stop by any of their branches throughout Middle Tennessee. For a complete list of ATMs and locations, visit Ascend.org. You can also keep track of your accounts and deposit checks on the go with Ascend's mobile app. Ascend Federal Credit Union, bank where you belong. Federally insured by NCUA, Anchor Down. Whether running to catch the game or drop the kids at practice, you don't have time to let back, neck, or shoulder pain slow you down. That's why there's the Joint Chiropractic. As official chiropractic partner of Vanderbilt Athletics, the Joint Chiropractic helps keep people moving through everyday life and beyond. Don't let pain disrupt your to-do list. Clinics are open evenings and weekends, and you can walk in anytime. No need for appointments or insurance, and quality care often costs less than a copay. The Joint Chiropractic helps make staying healthy, affordable, and convenient. Visit thejoint.com for details. Back on Commodore Hour inside the Commodore Holiday at West End Vanderbilt. Great to have everybody with us. Monday in the Music City, Kevin Ingram, Andrew Allegret, and Coach Clark Lee from Vanderbilt Football after a 35-28 win over Hawaii to start the season. It will be Alabama A&M over the stadium coming up on Saturday. First Bank Stadium, 6 o'clock kickoff for Commodores and Alabama A&M in Game 2. Uh, we talked about some of the skilled players. Uh, how, how do you feel after looking at it again? How do you feel about how A.J. Swan performed? I, I thought he had a good night. Well, I think statistically he did. I, you know, I, I think what we look at is there's just some inconsistency there. Um, just in process and not not to be overly coachy there you know it's just he's got decisions to make every snap those decisions are predicated off whatever he's reading and there were times where um it seemed like those decisions for him were made before the ball was snapped and you can't do that it gets us into bad plays we handed a ball off uh, to junior Cheryl on the perimeter and and um, the end was moving out towards it you know that ball should have been kept just a couple of things like that. that. You know, again, it's it's getting it's all about building back the game experience. And um, as much as we'd like it to look like we just played three preseason games and we're <laughs> well oiled, we're not. You know, and we got to get there. And that's that's going to be true no matter what. I think a year ago we jumped out on a team that that um, really was just kind of searching for for themselves a little bit out in Hawaii and. Um, I think the difference in, in their play, you know, they, they, they obviously are a year now in their systems, and I think Timmy's done a nice job building identity there. They were tough, but they also didn't miss. You know, I think a year ago they missed on opportunities to get the ball behind us, and um, I was impressed with the way the chemistry that they had quarterback to receiver. I thought on a, on a wet night they, they did a nice job with the ball, and, and um, you got to give them credit too. But – AJ will keep getting better. He's smart. I mean, you know, he's a guy that that wants to be really good for his teammates, and um, you know, he'll be. Um, I, I expect him to continue to just be an efficient player, and um, I don't want him to feel like he's got to make the cross the body throw to Gamarion for us to win. It's it's about the ball out on time and rhythm based off what he's seeing post snap, and when he does that, we're really good. How do you hope to get more out of the run games? We'll go forward for game two here. Well, I, there's a couple of things. One is, you know, it goes back to the looks. You know, we got to hand the ball when it's a look where they're allowing us to, and we got to throw it when it's a look when they're running, they're loading the box up. Um, you know, I, I feel like the most disappointing thing about the run game was just the way we finished it off. I, I felt like on the whole, you know, we were able to to run it effectively early, and we were moving the ball, throwing it, and. Um, you know, in, in when the game comes down to a four-minute drive, we need to finish with the ball in our hands. It's just, you know, that was that was unfortunate. It's something we work on a lot, and um, in those moments too, it, you know, I think the the look, the way the 
the plays looked, we were we were uncoordinated. And so what we had was pressure looks from the opponent where we weren't quite ID in the box the right way. So your combinations get off. And so all of a sudden you got guys ripping through the line of scrimmage and it, it gives the impression that somehow it's not physical or somehow it's, it's um, you know, they're bad looks. It's just a matter of us um, focusing on us and executing the call. And um, we can be better in design, but certainly better in execution. And, and um, again, we, we, you know, we addressed that this morning, and, and um, I expect that run game to get, get back up and going pretty quickly here. Yeah, I was kind of curious, too, about the interaction between A.J. and the run game because if you take the sacks and move them back into the pass category, it's 33 pass calls and 23 run calls, and that doesn't, that doesn't sound like what you guys would have called from a balance standpoint. So there, there must have been some just learning process for A.J. about when he actually does need to give the football in a run call versus pulling it back and trying to throw yeah. on most plays. It, there is. Not but to it, pile on A.J. No, no, just, no. He, he's – and listen, he made some really good plays too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, – you know, they, we – just first game, we, we have to we have to clean up our play. I thought we were ready to play. I thought we started fast. Um, for a weather delay, um, you know, where it was start, stop, start, stop, you know, for the guys, that's hard. It, emotionally, you know, you've waited so long for this game and they were ready in the morning when I saw them for a little shakeout. They were ready in our team meeting and for a pregame meal. And then, you know, they had to, they had to kind of hold there and idle for a while. Um, and that's a challenge. But I thought we had a really focused locker room before the, the game I thought we started fast and we just weren't able in the moments where we could have separated we just we just weren't we just fell out of sync in those moments and you know allowed them to stay in the game um and to me you know it was a year ago it was 21 10 at halftime um this year is 21 14 and there's really not a whole lot different other than our expectations and you know what, what what we needed to do in that second half was go out and score on the first possession and make a statement we didn't we got to stop we got the ball back and, and then scored but um you know it's just the lesson to me is we got to close out opponents we can't let teams hang around with us when we can put them away um I felt that way in the Florida game last year yeah. you know there were opportunities to put that one away so um, this is about us maturing as a, as a winning program and understanding what it takes, and it's never going to be easy. Um, you know, and, and um, listen, we had, I think, over 400 yards rushing a year ago. 163 of those came out of the quarterback position. That's just not going to be our design. You know, we, we are going to get the ball out in the perimeter. We're going to try to stretch the field. And when we connect on the perimeter and we get the ball going, we – force people to add coverage when they add coverage we we attack with the run game and we complement each other that way uh one more question on the potential heartburn spots for you uh the penalties uh what struck you there uh, yeah. were some of them aggressive ones that you can live with there was two unsportsmanlike like contacts which i suspect don't sit well with you what what did you make of those yeah i mean i'm, I'm upset about it right. um now i will separate because you know I, we got we called on a pass interference early where um, I thought Tyson was in really good position. He just – he kind of grabbed the guy around the waist on a conversion down that would have been forced to field goal. Um, and um, those things are going to happen, but that's fundamental technical. You know, he can play that better. Um, he also got called on one where he's in good position and he kind of gra- had hold of the jersey on the shoulder pad. And it was subtle, but it was enough for the, the official to feel like that was keeping him in phase. You know, we got to be cleaner than that, but – those things are going to happen. The, the Devin Lee penalty um, was just in review, hard for me to to swallow. But it is what it is. You know, whistle whistle blows, and we got to we got to stop. Um, you know, the 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 one on Will Shepard is unacceptable. I mean, he knows that, and um, you know, he's too good of a player to do that. And that guy's going to be in the end zone a bunch for us this year. So um, that's the expectation, and I, I expect for him to handle that better. So. You know, that's that's a few of them. I think the ones that were most disappointing were, you know, the consecutive procedure. We had a delay game, which, you know, um, Junior was on the ground. He was injured the play before. I wanted them to pump the clock, um, and they didn't because he got up on his own and got off the field. And so there was a little bit of a our operation on the sideline slowed down, and that that's on the coaching staff. We have to We have to see that and get ahead of that. 
Um, that set up then two consecutive false start plays. I just thought that was a really sloppy sequence that was frustrating. And then the other one was the – is this too much, by the way? Do no, I, is no, it weird no, that I remember all these <laughs> things? No. Uh, no. The, the other one was the, the operation. We, you know, we got them on a, on a, on a tempo snap. We got, we, they're subbing, and they're not lined up. And we're trying to go as fast as we can go. And for whatever reason, I don't – I, I got to get clarity on this, but they're standing over the center. And what happens is Ernie's ready to snap the ball, Julian Hernandez. Yes. And the umpire puts his hand on his back. And so as AJ's clapping for the ball, Ernie feels the hand of the, the umpire and he pulls his hand off the ball. And so what happens is um, everyone moves and, um, and the ball's not snapped. And so um, they flag that. And the explanation I got was that they were they were holding it up because the officials weren't in place yet. But when I looked at the film, it just did, it didn't add up all the way. So I need to get some more information on that one. So again, so, some of this is first game. Um, you know, I, I gosh, that first quarter I thought was pretty clean. You know, we had Tyson's penalty. That's going to happen. Yep. But it's just like the the second quarter we got sloppy, um, and I thought you know we finished sloppy, and um, you know that's frustrating. Coach Clark Lee is our guest. We're going to come back with more on Commodore Hour. Inside the Holiday and West End, Vanderbilt, the Commodore Grill on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. Wow, what a great game plan. Let's go down to the locker room and see what Coach has to say. Okay, team, let's start using the winning play, 83 green. Hey, Coach, what's 83 green? That's the number you call when you need heating or cooling service. The guys in the green trucks and air conditioning service, where the customer always wins. Call 83 green and win with Jim and Chip Red's winning carrier team for more than 60 years. With 83 green, you turn to the experts. Carrier and air conditioning service. Call 83 green. Since its inception in 2004, the Tennessee Lottery has proudly provided funding for education programs throughout the state. Scholarships and grants, including the Hope Scholarship, Tennessee Promise, as well as technical school grants and more, have received over $7 billion in funding. And that's led to a great deal of change. The Tennessee Lottery, game-changing, life-changing fun. We'll be back in 60 seconds on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. At First Bank, we've always been Vandy fans. And now as the official bank of Vanderbilt Athletics, we're also teammates helping cheer on the doors together. This year, we're proud to add Commodore Pride to your wallet with our official Vanderbilt debit cards. Anchor down when you pay with new Vanderbilt debit cards from First Bank. When two historic Tennessee teams join together, you get even more ways to bank on the doors. Bank local, get more. First Bank, member FDIC. Great game days start with a winning tailgate, the kind that includes a Ford F-150 truck with available features like Pro Power Onboard. F-150 works like a mobile generator. So plug in your TV, your speakers, your blender, and fire up that grill. Because with Ford F-150, greatness starts here. Check out F-150 at your Tennessee Ford dealer. Proud sponsor of the Commodores. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. Saturday to begin this season. We talked about to Ricky Wright toward the beginning of our conversation. He was named uh, National Offensive Player of the Year by uh, the week, I should say, maybe by maybe a year by the end of the season, but by the uh, the Senior Bowl, and uh, well deserved. The two interceptions cost a fumble, had three tackles. You know, people will see the interceptions, but boy, you've really seen a lot of growth in him as a player and as a person over the last couple of years, haven't you? Yeah, it's impressive, and um, you know, again to remember. He missed last spring with us and um, kind of rejoined the team in the summer. And, you know, we were we were glad to have him. And I thought he had a good year last year. Um, but he's now been plugged in to a process from winter through this point. And I honestly, I you know, we're just scratching the surface with him, I feel like. Um, now, he's, he's um, 
you know, he's got a huge ceiling, a very high ceiling, I should say, and, and huge potential. I mean, but we're early in on his – it's like you, you go in college from like a real novice understanding of the game and you're out just playing mm-hmm. to when you start to anticipate things and you start to understand how the pieces fit together. And, um, and then for him, too, to understand his physical traits – Actually, that was the most physical game I've seen him play, and I was excited to see that. I mean, he was flying around with a purpose. He's 230 pounds. We have him in the four fours and a 40 from from the end of spring. I mean, that that is for his size. You don't you just don't see that. So, um, for him to start to understand his own traits, to to have the game slowing down for him, his ability to play as one of 11, um, he's gonna he's gonna make it hard on teams. We just got to keep him progressing. What did he do correctly on that interception at the end? Well, I mean, I, there was two things that happened. One is we got um, pressure on the quarterback. So Issa um, was was hitting the quarterback and, and didn't allow the, the him to, to finish his throw, um, which is great. And then, you know, he, he was a, a step-down vision player, and he just he slid in front of the ball. I mean, it was a nice play. I mean, that's the design. And, you know, he, he read the quarterback and saw the route and just knifed it. And... You know, he went down. He got down. I was proud to see that. I was yeah, hoping that, that I wouldn't was, have yeah, perfect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, you know, that was great. But I, you know, I, I want to credit the defense for that. I mean, we we do a lot of situational football. We do a lot with four minute, two minute. Um, I think the work that we put into the to the two minute sequences. I, I just saw in a moment where you could have very well seen a group pressing and feeling uneasy. I, I thought they looked confident on the field, and obviously they were able to end it two snaps. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Uh, two last things for me. Uh, first, on the kicking game. I know there were some questions about opportunities to kick a field goal. Did not. There was the first that was a two-point conversion. I guess it was a look and a read that just probably did not go the way that you wanted it to. Uh, walk us through those situations for you guys. Yeah, I mean, we 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 have a, a field goal formation, um, you know, where where we have essentially we've we've spread the field out, and you're just seeing how how teams cover it down, and it's something for them to have to prepare for, um, and we give the guys the power if the numbers aren't quite right to to run the play, and you know, we had the look we wanted, um, we weren't able, Matt wasn't able to cut the ball up inside uh, soon enough, and so. It got down. That was unfortunate. And I, you know, again, hindsight's always twenty twenty. We, the second time around, we were able to balance the score out going for two. And that was intentional, you know, just to get back into, uh, you know, seven point increments there. Um, and then we, we had the 30 yard line as our, as our yard to gain. Um, and we use, we use analytics for this. So it's not, we're not just dreaming it up, but I don't, I don't just, go by the book you know I'll, I'll put my own thoughts into it um but there's always going to be kind of a, a yardage based off the the game situation where we feel like um you know it's the right thing to do to kick it or it's the right thing to do to go and I'll, I'll be communicating that with joey um in sequence so he'll know for example hey f- fourth and four is a go here um once th- we get to the 30 yard line it shifts those those um decisions because of that's our yard to gain for field goal and it was a wet night and obviously we're breaking in a new kicker and so it seemed to me like you know staying outside of or inside of 50 yards was a an appropriate uh, distance um on our fourth down attempts all of them were right there on the fringe um you know one we went tempo um after richie merely made a nice nice catch and run after catch um, that was an easy decision just because it felt like we had seized the momentum back and we were outside the 30-yard line. And so I believe that was fourth and one. We went tempo and ran a zone play and, and our combination wasn't right in the front. And uh, and so they were able to get somebody through into the backfield um, to disrupt that. And then the second time, we um, it was it was fourth and 12. Um and no fourth and seven sorry and and um we went on the the double cadence and got him to jump now that decision after the five-year five-yard penalty had that ball fallen incomplete might have changed you know to fourth and two whether you kick or go but um you know obviously we got them to jump and we put the ball up to london and we we got seven points out of it and um 
And then the last one, uh, you know, is fourth and four. And we had a, a double move called. You know, we were, we were hoping to get them kind of jumping the sticks. We wanted to play aggressive there. You know, we're trying to end the game. And um, in the end, um, our, our pivot route fell down. So his only option, AJ's only option, was just to put the ball in the air. But the, they, they didn't bite on the double move. They were on top of it. It was to Jaden. And uh, Junior was running the pivot, which was the outlet, and he just slipped. So, um, you know, hey, you're going you're gonna, to um, kind of go with what you feel like is right. We, we, have, a, we have two good kickers. Um, but um, for us, 30 yards was a yard to gain. We, we weren't quite there. Um, and I, I felt like we were within ranges where we, we had a chance to be aggressive and try to try to get the ball in the end zone. And, you know, we were able to connect on one of the three. The, the run play just got disrupted in the backfield. And the fourth and four, I would have loved to have seen us connect and convert. You know, that would have been a big moment for us. Um, you know, but again, you don't, you don't have total control over those things. Borchilla had all of the extra points. He's, he's the kicker that we're talking about right now, line to game 30, it's a go for Borchilla, or yes. that's still a 50-50? No, it's Borchilla, okay. but I, we'll, we'll keep, you know, I, I think that, that competition stays alive. That, that both those guys have had good camps, and both of them are capable, you know. And listen, the 30 isn't too much different than we were a year ago. I mean, that's, that's about what we looked for. We, we would have maybe in game one put Joe out there, um, you know, a little, a little bit, um, sooner just just based off his experience his in-game experience it was a wet night and you know again we we liked our matchups on the perimeter too you know that's another part of it where um, you know you feel like in those moments if you can get um, the game to three scores you know you you you, you end up shifting kind of the the kind of mindset of the opponent you know when you, when you can jump ahead like that late we just weren't able to connect Coach Clark Lee, thanks so much for the time. As always, congratulations on the win. Looking forward yeah, to this thanks, week. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. All right. Vanderbilt head football coach Clark Lee, going to come back, wrap up Commodore Hour after this on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. Gupton Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram not only sells great vehicles, they service them as well. Even if you didn't buy your vehicle at Gupton, you'll love their service department. Factory trained specialists at Gupton offer competitive pricing on oil changes, batteries, brake services, new tires, tire rotation, and more. They do a multi-point inspection to make sure your vehicle is running smooth. This is Brent from 3HL. Do what I do. Have your vehicle serviced at Gupton. 3450 Tom Austin Highway, just 30 minutes from downtown Nashville. Be sure to say Brent sent you. Hey, Commodore fans, come anchor down at the Nashville Marriott at Vanderbilt University. Located adjacent to Vanderbilt Stadium, a sophisticated setting for your Commodore crew for pre- and post-game meals and cocktails. The Nashville Marriott at Vanderbilt University features 315 well-appointed guest rooms and 11,000 square feet of luxurious meeting space. We are the perfect location for any corporate or social event. You can check us out at Nashville Marriott at VanderbiltUniversity.com. We look forward to making your visit brilliant. You're listening to the Commodore Hour. We'll be back after this local break on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Learfield. Martin & Zerfoss believes that insurance is the foundation upon which businesses and families build their futures. For over 40 years, Martin & Zerfoss has worked with companies and individuals to build comprehensive coverage packages. Home, auto, life, health, disability, long-term care, all types of commercial, builder's risk, worker's comp, you name it. Whatever type of insurance you need, call Martin & Zerfoss online at martinzerfoss.com. Hey, Commodore fans, the Holiday Inn West End Vanderbilt is your headquarters for week-long entertainment. Stop by the Commodore Grill and enjoy live music from some of Nashville's best songwriters from 6 to 10 p.m., seven nights a week. Grab a cup of Bongo Java from our coffee bar, Brew, to start your morning. Brew is in the main lobby. The Holiday Inn West End Vanderbilt, just walking distance from the stadium. The game starts here. Fun night here on our Commodore Hour show, our first one from the Commodore Grill here at the Holiday Inn West End Vanderbilt. Always appreciate the staff and everyone here taking great care of us and appreciate our producer, Jared Greenspan, back in our network studios. Uh, great job as well to 
get us on the air and get us underway here. And uh, fun to visit with Coach Lee and fun win over Hawaii. I know things to clean up, and but you'd rather do those after a win, as Coach has said. So uh, move forward now and see Alabama A&M on Saturday. No, I know Coach. Uh, I know Coach said it, and and I kind of feel the same way. Like the fact that the program's expectations has elevated to the point where we can be frustrated with elements of a victory is a good thing. Like, that's where we want this program to continue to grow into. Uh, and Coach Lee talked about it. There's plenty of stuff to clean up, and they will. And if there's anybody that's disappointed in the elements that need to get cleaned up, it's Coach Lee and the coaching staff and the players. So, look, it's a victory. The stated goal for this program is a bowl game. So they're one win toward their stated goal. Right. I, I think all those things, you know, I'm talking about special teams and the decisions you make for kicking a field goal or going for it. I think those things are really interesting. And it always feels to me like the, the hard ones, too, are where you're trying to decide whether to punt or go for it. You're too far out for a field goal, and you're kind of in that, that no man's land. And we saw one of those toward the end of the game, and you're trying to pin them back. And, you know, sometimes it works out great, and sometimes the ball ends up in the end zone to get a touchback. But uh, those are those are interesting decisions, and I know that, uh, you know, the, the analytics and advanced stats play play a role in how they decide those well, things. Well, Clark wants this program to be aggressive, yep. right, uh, in all phases that they're playing football. And that includes their ability to uh, – construct offensive sequences that are aggressive in those situations. So they figured some stuff out the way that they're going to want to approach those moving forward. I'm sure we'll see slightly different uh, game plans in similar situations like that moving forward. Look, if it's if it's fourth and three from the 33 yard line and it's a tie ball game with a minute to go, Borchill is coming out to kick the field goal, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're not so tethered to analytics that they're going to make silly decisions. Uh, but but he wants them to be aggressive, and that means treating first and second down the same because you've got the mindset, not the exact same, but in general, you treat it in a similar fashion so you can be aggressive on fourth down. We will be on the air at 4.30 for pregame on Saturday, kickoff at 6 here on the Vanderbilt Sports Network, and, of course, on 102.5 The Game, your new home for Vanderbilt Sports right here in Nashville. A lot of fun. Do it back. again. We're back at it. We're back at it. We'll have our uh, podcast too later on the week. Football coming up on Saturday. He's Andrew M. Kevin. So long from Nashville. This is Commodore Hour on the Vanderbilt Sports Network from Mayor Field.